epistle to the Philippians, we read the fourth chapter. Our text is found in that 13th verse. Philippians chapter 4, beginning at verse 1. Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved and longed for, my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. I beseech Iodias and beseech Syntyche that they be of the same mind in the Lord. And I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, Help those women which labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also, and with other my fellow laborers, whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, Whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things, those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me, do and the God of peace shall be with you. But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again, wherein ye were also careful, but ye lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Notwithstanding, ye have well done, that ye did communicate with my affliction. Now ye Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. For even in Thessalonica ye sent once and again unto my necessity, not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. But I have all and abound. I am full, 
having received of Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Now unto God and our Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Salute every saint in Christ Jesus. The brethren which are with me greet you. All the saints salute you, chiefly they that are of Caesar's household. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. That far we read in God's holy, inspired word. May he bless that word to our hearts. The text that we consider is that 13th verse of the chapter, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Beloved congregation and our Lord Jesus Christ, is that your confession? Husbands and wives, as you seek to love your spouses, as God has commanded you, is this your confession? Parents, as you seek to train and instruct your children faithfully, is this your confession? Young people and young adults, is this your confession? as you face a world full of temptations and office bearers, as you face the work that God sets before you in the church, is this your confession? Elderly, as the world gets smaller and smaller for you, is the confession of the apostle also your confession. And all of us, as we battle our besetting sins in a world full of darkness, is this our confession? And is it our confession as we face disease and hardship and even death itself? By God's grace, it is. When the inspired apostle wrote this confession, he also puts these words in our mouths. This is not just the confession of the apostle Paul. When he says, I can do all things, we may not simply say, well, that's the apostle Paul, but that's not me. Because as he puts this confession concerning the work of God in him, when he puts that confession in the scriptures, as it is inspired by the Holy Spirit, then it also ought to be our confession. I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. 
It's helpful to understand something of what the Apostle Paul had gone through before he made this confession. Some of these things are mentioned in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. There we read that Paul was scourged by the Jews on five different occasions, received the 40 lashes minus one. He was beaten with rods. He was stoned and left for dead. He was on a ship that suffered shipwreck and floated in the sea for a night and a day. He experienced all kinds of dangerous situations, both in the countryside and in the city. He experienced persecution from or difficulties and danger from robbers and persecution from idolaters. Nakedness, weariness, pain, hunger and thirst, cold. He experienced a thorn in the flesh that God left and caused him to have to deal with, no doubt, the rest of his life. And when he wrote this epistle to the Philippians, he was in prison. He experienced all these things. And yet, he makes the confession of our text. He experienced all those difficulties and yet continued obedient in his service of the Lord. How can you and how can I be faithful in every calling and in every spiritual battle that we face? The apostle says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So I want to uh, take the text under that theme, I can do all things... In the first place, let's note the ability, I can do all things, but secondly, the possibility, and that is only through Christ, and then the strengthening, who strengthens me. The Apostle Paul teaches us to make that confession, I can do all things, not only that confession, but Nevertheless, he does teach us that we are able to make that confession. When he says that, you understand, children, the Apostle Paul is not saying, I can do all things whatever. The Apostle Paul is not saying, I can run a marathon in two hours. He is not saying that I can live to be 120 years old. There are all kinds of things that we are not able to do. And that then raises the question, when the Apostle Paul says, I can do all things, 
What is he talking about? In the context, it becomes clear that the Apostle Paul is speaking of Christian contentment. So that when you look in the context, immediately before our text, verses 11 and 12, he says, I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. And now he lists all these different circumstances in which he learned Christian contentment. He says in verse 12, I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. He knew what it meant to be humbled by the lack of provision. And he knew how to be thankful for abundant provision. He knew how to be full and to be hungry. No matter what the circumstances that he has listed off, he says, I can do All things, as if to say, I can do all of those things through Christ who strengthens me. I am able to face those difficulties and be content in them. Whatever circumstances God calls me to endure. That in the first place, the apostle is speaking about Christian contentment. God calls us to be content. God calls us to Christian contentment. But then when the apostle makes that application to all of those things, we ought to understand the same principle applies to everything God calls us to do. First, Our duty to be content, but then every other duty to which God calls us. Does God call you or me to be content in our circumstances and not to be anxious? Does God call us to be faithful witnesses in the workplace, even though That may mean we are ridiculed. Does God call us to forgive others who have sinned against us? Does God call us to live at peace with one another? Does God call us to live chastely and temperately in a wicked world? Well, then we confess with the apostle, I can do all these things. I am able. And we would add, we're going to add that in the second part of the sermon, the grace that God gives us. By God's grace, I am able to do these things. I am able to be content. 
knowing that God has ordained all these things for my good and for the good of the church and for his glory. I am able, by God's grace, to choose affliction with the people of God rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, as Moses did. I am able to forgive my neighbor who has sinned against me. I am able to rejoice in the Lord always as he commands me to. I am able to flee fornication. I can do all these things that God calls me to do. That's a striking confession, beloved. It's a striking confession because we are tempted to say just the opposite. Sometimes we are tempted to say, I cannot do those things. God calls us to something difficult and we say, I can't do this. I cannot possibly be content. I cannot possibly rejoice in the Lord always. I cannot avoid being anxious. I can't be of one mind with my brothers and sisters in Christ. I can't forgive them. And on and on we can go saying to ourselves or to others, I cannot. And maybe we say, I cannot, because we know that we have sinful natures and we know that we are weak creatures of the dust. How can I possibly fulfill all my duties? When I am such a sinner. And how can I do these things that God calls me to do when I am so weak? But then, beloved, we ought to remember when the Apostle Paul makes this confession, he himself was afflicted by the old man of sin just as we are. It's tempting to look at a person like the Apostle Paul or a prophet like the prophet Elijah and we think of them as some kind of super Christians. But they were people just like we are. We think, well, Elijah was able to obey God because he was so spiritual. And Paul was able to make the confession that he did because God had sanctified him to such a high degree. And then we think, I could never do that. But now we have to recall what 
these men said even about themselves. The prophet Elijah, after he had been on Mount Carmel and after things didn't seem to improve, Jezebel threatened his life. Elijah was very downcast. And Elijah even says about himself, 1 Kings 19, verse 4, I am not better than my fathers. James tells us in chapter 5, verse 17, that Elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are. He was a normal human being. And what does the Apostle Paul say about himself? Oh, wretched man that I am. Romans 7, verse 24. And later, 1 Timothy 1, verse 15, he calls himself the chief of sinners. prophet Elijah and the Apostle Paul also had only small beginnings. We don't read of all the struggles that they had, but they were like you and they were like me. They experienced spiritual struggles. And the point is, beloved, even though we are weak, Creatures of the dust, even though we are sinners plagued by sin, even though we have only a small beginning, we can say with the Apostle, I can do all things that God calls me to do. That in the first place, the Apostle declares that we have the ability, but the possibility is not of ourselves. The possibility does not arise from within ourselves. Notice the apostle does not say in the text, I can do all things by picking myself up by my own bootstraps. He does not say, I can do all things through myself. Nor does he say, I can do all things, <coughs> excuse me, through myself with a bit of help from Christ. That's not his confession. His confession is, I can do all things through Christ. You and I are not the possibility. We are not the ones who make it possible for us to do all that God calls us to do. Apart from the grace of Jesus Christ, apart from the grace of God, 
There is no possibility. By nature, as we are only in Adam, apart from grace, we can do nothing. <clears throat> nothing that is pleasing to God. Jesus makes that abundantly clear in that familiar passage in John chapter 15. In John 15, Jesus says, The branch cannot bear fruit of itself. And then a bit later, Without me, ye can do nothing. And that means, beloved, if you and I try to do what God calls us to do, in our own strength, we are going to be disappointed. Apart from God's grace, we will fail. We have a striking example of that in the Apostle Peter. Just before his trial and crucifixion, Jesus warned his disciples explicitly of the imminent danger. He says, All ye shall be offended because of me this night. And children, you remember how Peter answered. Peter says, though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet will I never be offended. Later on that night, Jesus came back and gave Peter another warning when they were in the garden. And he says to Peter, watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. And we know what happened to Peter when he went on in his own strength. Before the cock crowed, Peter had denied Jesus three times. Fallen horribly. When you and I, beloved, imagine that we are able to obey God in our own strength and honor him according to our own strength, we're going to be disappointed. If I think that I am going to be content in every circumstance, apart from God's grace, I'm fooling myself. And if you think, and I think, that we are able to battle faithfully against those besetting sins, then we have another thing coming. If you and I think that we can be of the same mind with brothers and sisters with whom we disagree, then we are sadly mistaken. And if we think that we 
are able to properly love our spouses apart from God's grace when we see that they are imperfect human beings, we will find that we are wrong. We don't know ourselves. The text, when it declares, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, that implies that you and I, apart from the grace of God, can do nothing that is pleasing to God. The possibility does not arise from ourselves. But that's a glorious message that the text brings to us. I can do all things, not through myself. I will always disappoint myself. But the text says I can do all things through Christ. Through Christ, you and I can do all those things that God calls us to do. And that's true in the first place because it is Christ who earned for us all the blessings of salvation. Philippians speaks of that. Christ becoming a man who, though he was equal with God, yet became a man, took on the form of a servant. And as he took on that form of a servant, he was obedient even unto death, giving himself a perfect sacrifice on the cross, And by that sacrifice, earned for us all the blessings, not just most of the blessings, and now we have to earn the rest of them, but he earned for us all the blessings of salvation, including the blessing of sanctification, including the blessing of justification. Jesus Christ earned for us those blessings, and now as he sits enthroned in heaven above, ruling at the right hand of God, the risen Savior, he has that treasury, as it were, in front of him. All those things he has earned for us, he also then dispenses. He applies that salvation to us that he earned for us. And so he works. By his spirit, he works in us so that we desire those things that are spiritually good. He works in us so that we do that which is pleasing in his sight. Applying to us that salvation he has already purchased. That's the pattern, beloved, that we have in scripture. How is it 
that Elijah could be so bold that he would go to such a wicked king and dare to stand before him. And denounce him for his sin. It was the spirit that worked in Elijah. And how could the apostle Peter. We saw already what happened when he went about in his own strength. How could he on Pentecost day preach so boldly. To the Jews and point to them and say, you crucified Jesus Christ. It was by the spirit of Christ that was poured out on that Pentecost day. How could Peter in Acts chapter 4, when the rulers, the Jewish rulers had put Peter and John in prison and questioned them. In prison, Peter boldly confesses, Be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him, doth this man stand before you whole. In Acts chapter 5, The disciples were in prison again. But when the angel let them out, they didn't go and hide. They obeyed God and went and taught openly in the temple. That was the Spirit. The Spirit of Christ who was working in the church. That's the explanation for Peter's boldness and his obedience in preaching the gospel. And then Acts chapter 12, when Herod had put James already to death and was ready to put Peter to death, when he was by the angel released from prison, Peter didn't go and hide now and say, well, that was one too many times, that was too close. He continued obedient. To his Lord, because he was strengthened by the Spirit of Christ. Christ is the explanation why you and I want to live to the glory of God. Christ is the possibility of being a faithful witness in the workplace. Christ is the possibility of Christian contentment in difficult circumstances. Christ is the possibility of saying no to sexual sin that will cause all kinds of grievous damage. Christ is the possibility of being able to do what God calls us to do. The text does not allow us simply to say, I cannot, and then to go on in sin. 
Christ is the possibility. But that does not mean when we say he is the possibility, that does not mean Christ does all those things for us. There are those in a misguided zeal for the glory of God say, who say, Christ does it all for me. And I have spoken to people who say things like, I can't do anything. As if they could not obey God in any way, shape, or form. And presumably they hold that the only way that any good is performed is that Christ does it for them. And the way they talk, it's as if they were merely puppets, not able to will and not able to do anything whatsoever. And the implication then is statements like these, not that I've heard them literally, but this is the implication. I don't believe. Christ believes for me. Christ repents for me. Christ obeys for me. And in the end, they hold that Christ does all things that God calls them to do, and not they themselves. But that's not the text, beloved. The text does not say, Christ does all these things for me. The text says, I can do all things through Christ. And it is true that God works in us. That's also in Philippians. God works in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure. But that does not mean God does it for us as if we ourselves were not at all active. But when God works in us, as a result of God's work in us, we will to do the right, and we do of his good pleasure. Christ by his spirit doesn't do all things for us. Rather, God by his spirit strengthens us. Christ strengthens us by his spirit. Literally, the text describes Christ this way, the Strengthening me, Christ. 
That's what Christ does. He strengthens us. He is the one who enables us to do all things. As the apostle himself confesses, I can do all things through Christ. And that's what the apostle says as well in the book of Philippians. Philippians 3, verse 16, he prays that God would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened in the inner man. That you would be strengthened. And when he strengthens us in the inner man, then we are able to do what God calls us to do. And we have an example of that in Colossians 1 verse 11. There the apostle prays again. He prays that the saints would be strengthened with all might according to his glorious power unto all patience and long-suffering with joyfulness. What happens when Christ, by his Spirit, strengthens us? According to his glorious power, the result is that we walk in patience and long-suffering with joyfulness. When Christ strengthens us, We are able to do what God calls us to do. And all of that happens as we abide in Christ. The original Greek, we could translate the text this way, I can do all things, and then literally, Uh, Literally, the Greek has in, I can do all things in the strengthening me, Christ. And that word in indicates a close association with Christ by the Spirit who unites us to Christ so that we are in Christ. And as we are united to Christ and abide in Christ and he abides in us, he strengthens us so that we bear fruit. That's what Jesus says in John 15 again. John 15 verse 5. Jesus says, I am the vine. Ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. What is the fruit? What's the fruit of Christ abiding in us and we abiding in him? The fruit is that we do 
those things that God calls us to do. I can do all things as I abide in Christ and he abides in me and strengthens me. Therefore, beloved, our confession is not meant to stop with that mere statement, I can do all things. It's not meant to be a pat on the back to make us proud, as if to say, I can do it, look at me. But rather, our confession must be a humble confession that always includes through Christ who strengthens me. We need to know that, beloved. And is it not the case that more and more as we learn how weak and sinful we are, the more we understand our need of Christ, then we learn more and more to rely on him. I can't do this in my own strength. When a circumstance comes up, then we pray, grant, O Lord, the grace I need in this particular circumstance. We forget that so often that we cannot do it in our own strength. And then we forget to pray. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me encourages you and me to pray that God would strengthen us. I don't say that God will make us perfectly strong to do his will without any taint of sin whatsoever. Only Jesus Christ himself was ever able to obey God perfectly. But as we look to Christ daily, seeking that strength, he strengthens us. And we find that expressed throughout Scripture. But I love this passage in Isaiah 40, Isaiah 40, verse 31. But they that wait upon the Lord, there's the prayer, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me 
makes me want to pray for that strength. And the apostle does that at the end of his epistle. When he prays and makes that proclamation, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Trust Christ then to strengthen you. Call upon him and seek that strengthening from the Spirit of Christ. And then when he calls, don't say, I can't, but say, by the grace of God, I can do all things, for Christ strengthens me. Amen. Our Father, which art in heaven, we are but weak creatures of the dust and sinful, so that apart from thee we can do nothing that is pleasing to thee whatsoever. Forgive us, we pray, where we have wandered from thee, and forgive us for thinking we could walk in our pilgrimage in our own strength. (coughs) Give to us thy spirit. Strengthen us in this coming week to do those things which thou dost call us to do wherever thou hast placed us. Grant it, we pray, not because we are worthy, but for Christ's sake. Amen. Psalter number 35.